Rilke said, the purpose of life is to be defeated by greater and greater things. This may sound a little, well, defeatist, but what he means is that in order to fulfill our potential, to see what we're capable of, we need to face those challenges that seem insurmountable and keep facing them until we overcome them. And then with the grit that we have obtained overcoming that challenge, we move on to the next bigger challenge and so on and so on. This isn't an easy philosophy to adopt, especially given the hardships of life in this increasingly difficult and confusing world that we've created for ourselves. But how do we know who we really are or what we're really capable of unless we face life, face our challenges and choose not to let them own us, but to keep pushing forward, to keep getting stronger and more determined until we own them. You're listening to Conversations on Living, a podcast all about life and how to live, and also how to live well. Exploring the four P's of peace, potential, purpose, and finding our place in the universe. Last week, we spoke to professional ultra runner Kieran Alger in the first of a two-part podcast about ultra running, or to be more specific, about how we can all go ultra in our own lives, how we can go beyond the limitations of the normal, push through the improbable, and make the seemingly impossible possible. And whether it's running, whether it's our careers, our relationships, our pastimes, or our long-held yearning for something more, there are lessons to be gained about what it takes, the grit required, and how, if we dig deep enough, we are capable of achieving much more than we give ourselves credit for. Last week, we talked to a professional who runs ultramarathons for a living and then writes about it. Today, we're talking to someone who's just completed their first ultramarathon to get a first-timer's perspective that might be a bit more relatable to those of us who are closer to the sofa than to the ultra. Amanda Eatwell is a photographer that I met when we were both members of the London Independent Photography Community. In this podcast, we talk about setting small goals on the road to bigger ones and about how doing gritty things gives you the grit to face tough challenges in other parts of your life. You can find out more about Amanda and her photography at www.amandaeatwell.com. And before we get started, just a shout out to our friends at Headliner. Headliner is the service that I use to promote this podcast. I use it to create waveform graphics that I share to social media. I'm sure you've, you've seen what I'm talking about. Headliner is by far the easiest and most powerful way to make them. So if you host a podcast, check them out at www.headliner.app. If you enjoy this episode of the podcast, you can find more wherever you get your podcasts or at conversationsonliving.com. That's where you can also find out more about me, my writing, my books and meditations. And while you're there, you can sign up to my incredibly infrequent newsletter, which will also earn you a copy of my latest book, Shine Manifesto, completely free. Or alternatively, you can buy it on Amazon or any good book retailer. And if you want to continue the conversation, head over to the Facebook group, just search for Conversations on Living and join the Convo crew. And if you like what you hear, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends and get them to tell their friends, their grandparents, uh, your grandparents, your grandchildren, your goldfish, the postman. Tell everyone, tell the world, because it all helps to spread the love. Now, enough of that jibber-jabber. Let's get into the second of this two-part conversation all about going ultra with me and Amanda Eatwell. All right, so Amanda, thank you for uh, coming on my podcast. So last week I had a conversation with Kieran Alger, and he is a, for want of a better uh, term, he's a professional ultra runner. So he um, he writes about. He's a journalist by trade, but he writes about his adventures, uh, ultra running, and he's he's kind of made a life around this. And uh, it was it was fascinating conversation, and um, really. Uh, insightful into the kind of psychology behind it but i felt like it's very well it's all very well having these conversations with people who do this stuff almost professionally but what would and kind of normal in, in quote marks normal human being have to do to become an ultra runner and then i saw that you'd just done your first ultra marathon and uh, thought i would reach out to you to kind of get a first timer's perspective on on that journey if you like so um, just because Zoom is being weird and it's we're cutting each other out, I'm going to hand it over to you to start with, and then we'll pick up in a minute. So just to begin with, what motivated you to do your first ultramarathon? Well, um, I ran a marathon about five or six years ago. I think it is six years ago, maybe now. And after that, uh, someone I went to school with made a comment um, 
it was actually on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but when I was, this guy I went to school with is a big runner, keen runner. And he saw that I'd run a marathon and he said, Amanda, I think you should do this, which is called the Ridgeway 40. And it's, um, it is traditionally a walk, a 40 mile walk along the Ridgeway path, but they allow runners and he does it fairly regularly. He even does a night one that I think is like a lot further than what I did. So he put that little thought in my head and it stayed there, didn't do much with it. But I thought, okay, I've run a marathon. What could I do? Not what could I do next, but I thought I've done that now. There might, you know, maybe I will do this. And it just stayed there for actually a long time. As you can see, if the marathon was five or six years ago and this was this summer, then um, it was due to happen last year. But because of the pandemic, it got cancelled last year's event. And it's normally run in May, but they ran it in August. So it was a lot hotter and well, actually it was perfect temperature, but it was it was hotter than it would have been in May. And oh, it was so overgrown, like some of the areas that we ran through, um, because some of the regular runners were going, I don't recognize anywhere because the brambles were sort of all around, but that was only in a short patch. So yeah, what brought me to it was this guy Dwayne just saying it like I think you should try this and yeah I finally tried it because why not that's interesting because um and I, I need to one of the things about podcasting is you 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 start to notice all the little ticks that you have as a as a presenter and one of the things I do all the time is is when I'm thinking about what I need to ask next I say that's interesting and but it really <laughs> is interesting um but I remember Kieran, um, when he was telling me about his motivations for getting into it, he'd just done a marathon as well. And he was sat outside a pub, smoking a cigarette and drinking, drinking a pint. And someone said to him, you know, you can do this faster, don't you? Mm. And that put the seed in his head. And that's where that seed stayed. And it's kind of this thing. It's like, yeah, I, I have achieved this now. And I mean, you, you run the marathon. And you've done lots of other things as well. You've, you've done kind of boxing yoga, is it? Or boxercise or something like that? Yoga. Um, but I have had a boxing fight in between, um, which was definitely not on my agenda. So what's happened by no planning is it seems like I do an event now every two years because <laughs> I did the marathon or two or three years, did the marathon I think that was 2016. Then I did the fight in 2018 and then I would have run in 2020, but it's, yeah. So maybe what we're looking at 2023, I'll need a new challenge. Um, but I, I don't know what it is. I like building up to an event. I find that that's something I really enjoy. Dedicate some time, do the training, know that you've got better and then perform. Please. that that knowing you've got better i mean were there ever any doubts in your mind that i i might not do this or were you like yeah i'm gonna do it from the start once i'd said it once i decided i don't very very rarely give up on something i've started and that isn't always a good thing but i think with sporting events it is a good thing um so yeah, once I decided, and especially once I'd said it to some people, then I feel like I'm committed and I have to do it. Um, yeah, there's not a lot that would stop me. Um, was it, was, sorry. Was there um, a kind of like, oh, no, I've, I've kind of made my bed now. I need to lie in it. Oh, God, what I've done. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Maybe... <sighs> sometimes in training when you're not that far into the training and you think geez that 10 miles was hard how you know how on earth am i going to do 40. um but because i've trained before for these other things i do believe that i'm capable of stuff you know without being um i'm not being showy it's just uh it if you start believing that you can do things, then I do think you can do things. Um, a lot of a lot of achievement is by believing you can do it. What um, was the kind of first thing that you, you did? Like you, you've done all these kind of series of personal challenges. What was the first thing you did that, that kind of clicked for you, do you think? 
Um, the marathon was the biggest event, probably. Um, I used, I, you know, I've competed in a few things when I was a kid, but not. I wasn't. I'm not actually naturally competitive, which is why I think running suits me because I'm just competing with myself and trying to improve for my own, you know, my own benefit. Um, but yeah. Um, sorry, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> no, I was, I was just wondering where that that came from. That kind of knowing that. Uh you know, I can do, I can do something. And that kind of understanding that when I, when I push myself, I can achieve those goals. Where, where was the first time that kind of popped up? Um, could have been years ago, like might've been at school even. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is the yeah. Do you, did you ever find like when you were out and I, I certainly found this with Kieran, you know, he's done these, he's done like the marathon de Sable, you know, where you're, you're running seven marathons in seven days across the Sahara desert and you're, yeah. you're, you're alone just for mile after mile after mile. Do you ever find you're kind of working things out sometimes and you're just kind of there with your thoughts and with your, the rhythm of your body and that kind of thing? Definitely. That is one of my main um, interests in running. Because this late, I mean, I probably have been running now reg fairly regularly. I don't do it all the time, but fairly regularly for about 10 years. And that was thanks to the recession in 20, uh, 2009. Because I attended, I was going to a boot camp class once a week and a yoga class once a week. Then I lost a lot of work and couldn't afford it. But I'd found out during this boot camp that I could run um without you know without it being too much of a hassle um so i thought ah running's free and convenient you just put your shoes on and you go and that's how i got into running because it was you know it was a reaction to circumstance and then i thought ah, i actually quite like this um so yeah it's been a part of my life for a long time now and i think i get a lot out of running um, for sure, regardless of a, an event. I don't feel the need to keep doing events, but I do feel the need to always run. At, you know, if I haven't taken a run for a week, I probably feel now um, like I need to just go and release some energy. Is there is it like a kind of release, release valve for worries and stress and kind of the weight of the world or the weight of daily, that daily grind? Well, I can pretty much guarantee, I mean, especially from my perspective, I hear a lot of people don't like running at all. Um, it, I always feel better after a run, even if I haven't felt especially bad before going. But yeah, it clears your head. For me, it's a place to think, yeah, and set goals. I used to do, I don't think I did it as much during this training period, but I've definitely done it in the past where I use analogies so if i you know if there's a tree 200 yards ahead i'll say right if i get to that tree i can do this you know in my in my real life like okay that means that i can and then you just carry on okay so, so it's kind of like saying if i can if i can get to that tree then i can i can have that conversation at work or if i if i make it another mile i can i can save a thousand pounds for my summer holiday or but it's that easy but yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah definitely it's a positive you know something that i get positive um results from and you, you know how you translate things from one area of your life to another so it's, it's just doing that really um yeah there's something re really interesting in that i i there you go that's me saying really interesting again i'm gonna have to work on this for anyone who's listening <laughs> but um yeah, no, I've, I recently had some knee issues and I thought the problem was my knee. And uh, it turns out the problem wasn't my knee, it was my shoes. So I was running in balance. And um, then it turns out to fix that, it's not that I need to fix my knee, I need to fix my glute muscles and other muscles around my leg. And it just made me think, you know, it's like we, we go running to deal with issues that are popping up elsewhere in our life, you know. And <laughs> And it's like, you know, we, we, we're under a lot of pressure day in, day out. You know, life isn't easy. We've got to pay the bills, 
yada 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 and then we find something like this that is a way of kind of just getting all of that out out of our heads in a way yeah yeah it and it lasts you know i don't think you just get that feeling whilst you're running you you know you need to learn to bring it into your life and recognize the value in it and not you know if if somebody told me that well my neighbor actually he's a good runner he was a I don't know how old he is, maybe he's in his 50s, but he was an athlete at school. He said to me the other day that he he ran 9K and his legs were like really in pain afterwards. And he said, I hate running. I'm like, what do you mean you hate running? Like, why do you run 9Ks if you hate running? He said, because I'm good at it. I'm like, like, you need to switch your mind because how can you hate something that you're good at, really? I don't know. Do you but, do you still do yoga and and those other things as well? Yeah, not as much sadly. Um just because of circumstances through this pandemic. Um but yes, I do and I advocate yoga above all other disciplines for everybody in the world. Um you can find, you know, what you need in it. <clears throat> um doesn't have to be crazily esoteric. Um but yeah i i do recommend that and it will it will do you well for your older age which is if i had to choose one exercise it would have to be yoga because i know the benefits you know running i'm quite fortunate and i have not really had much in the way of injuries and my joints seem to be um, in good health um which i'm really grateful for but long term i know yoga's gonna like be the thing that keeps me supple and calm <laughs> when I'm getting older and I can hopefully do that for pretty much the rest of my life if I practice regularly but... there's this uh, connection isn't there everyone always talks about mind body spirit mm-hmm. and um you know I've spoken to a lot of people who take their running very very seriously and they don't consider themselves spiritual people necessarily but then when they talk about some of the things that they they experience when they're out and they're doing one of their long runs, you know, alone on a country road or up a mountain or something like that. It really does sound like a, a spiritual experience that they're having, whether or not they recognize it as that. And I think maybe this is one of the things about exercise, you know, especially these kind of more solitary exercises, there is a kind of connection between our physical selves and the things that are going on underneath as well. hundred percent. Um, yeah i mean i don't know um when you're out running yeah you you get the you know that term being in the flow that's you know that's kind of what you're searching for in a run because my uh period of time that it takes for me to get settled into a run varies and i think there's a big psychological element of running or to running so if I'm going for a run that's going to be half an hour, I normally get my breath in sync within five minutes. But sometimes if I'm going for a long run, and I call a long run seven miles for now, um, it might take me half an hour. And I'm just like, oh, I can't, you know, know that I'm not quite fully in the, in rhythm. Um, but you know once you are, and then you forget about everything you don't, you know, stop thinking about that. But it does vary, yeah. I don't know if that will connect with people because unless they are runners, this, you know, probably sounds a bit weird. But, um, yeah, it can take time to get into it in terms of your breath and how relaxed you feel. Um, when, uh, you were out, was it eight hours you were running for when you did your 40 miles? Yeah. And did that, I mean, were you in kind of flow state the whole time or were you just kind of like... away anyway <laughs> um i'd be interested to know because i don't do much research on other runners so i should definitely listen to your podcast with your ultra your ultra runner um <clears throat> no that's a whole game uh full run in that length of time and especially if it's the first time i suppose it started off well and then I think around 19 miles to 22 miles, I was struggling a lot 
psychologically think you know just not enjoying it actually i felt a bit uh, my stomach was churning a bit at that point felt very uncomfortable and um yeah because you get the physical aspects obviously of running when you run long distance and it's not all joy um <clears throat> but yeah i just felt god this is blah. don't you know i'm not enjoying it but i got through that um and then i got to 30 miles and then i thought you know what if you got 30 miles you're gonna do this and uh didn't really worry at all then but I do, you know, you eat little bits along the way. I walk a bit here and there. I don't, there's no way I could have run 40 miles without stopping. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how the people that run in that capacity do it because I do get a mental thing of having to stop every now and again. And it's not because I'm tired, it's because I literally, sometimes I think it's I get bored and I go, oh, or I don't know what it is. I haven't got to the bottom of why I do that. Um, yeah, I, I did a I did a run once. I think it was only a ten k or something like that, and uh, it was kind of it was out and back. And I got to a point where my my body just stopped, and it yeah. was like it was like that. I still had plenty of sort of gas in the tank, and I could have kept going. My legs were fine. I was feeling fine, but it's it's like I'd, I'd gone out, I'd come back, and I was thinking about kind of going a little bit further. And my body said, "No, we don't. No, not going to now. I'm bored of this now." That's it. It's and like it's, it, it's very strange. And yeah, it's like a shutdown. And especially if I've said to myself, don't stop. Like, I can't recall if it would have been again in this training. I'm sure it happened, but it happened worse when I was training for the marathon. And I'd be saying to myself, don't stop, don't stop. And then I just stop. And I'm like, I used to get really annoyed with myself. But I've learned not to get annoyed with myself because I'm, like, at the end of the day, I'm running far enough and this is okay. And you're going to start running again in like 30 seconds. But it's just, I don't know, a need at the time. Um, How long did it take you to build up to sort of the marathon distance from kind of not doing not doing that distance and then up to the ultra marathon i trained about the same time for both events about 16 weeks <clears throat> excuse me yeah about 16 weeks following a plan and i did the same plan for this ultra marathon than i did for the marathon i didn't train any um longer distance uh so i think the longest run i did was about 22 miles before i did the ultra Wow. That's what you don't kind of comprehend, or maybe people do, I didn't. <laughs> when I signed up for that first marathon, I was just thinking of this 26-mile thing. And you, you don't realise that you're going to run a good six half marathons during your training um, and then build it up even more than that. So I'm like, okay. Because it, my initial idea was to run a half marathon back then. And um, someone said to me, he was a runner, and he said, if you if you run a half a marathon, you'll want to do a whole one. So then I thought, well, I might as well just do a whole one then, because there's no point doing the half and then going, well, I'll do the whole. But yeah, then you end up running loads of half marathons anyway. So, I mean, you, you must have spoken to other runners. Have they all had kind of similar kind of mental journeys to you like that? Um, I met a guy actually at a running club because I've always been a solo runner and it's just recently, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because I've had enough of my own company that I thought, okay, it'd be quite nice to run with some other people. So I haven't joined a running club, but there's a running club that goes from a pub <clears throat> not far from here once a week and I've been there several times and there was a guy there recently who ran or was about to run the London Marathon, now he's run the London Marathon. And he just sounded way more G'd up in his, um, he was really buoyant about it, about doing it. And then he was really in high spirits afterwards as well. I think he had a good run and he, you know, he seemed to, I don't know if he suffered any worries, but he didn't seem to. He just seemed to be like, yeah, just a thing that he did. Um, so I don't know if everyone the same. Do you get a kind of sense of achievement at the end? Or are you just like, yep, done that now, time to move on to the next thing? No, definitely get a sense of achievement. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, you know, it's a really good buzz. And 
oh, I can't remember what I felt like after that first marathon, but yeah, the ultra marathon, definitely a couple of weeks. But what's more straight or not strange, but because you, if you do these events, I think most people don't keep thinking about it and thinking, oh yeah, I'm great. I did this. So what, but other people will say to you, oh my God, you ran that. And then you yeah. remember it. Oh yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, maybe it is quite unusual. Um, but yeah, when I don't know, for me, I was just training, and yeah, I knew it was a big number. But I also know that there's lots of people in the world that run further and run more. Like that guy that's done seven marathons in a row. I don't think I'll ever want to do that or make that a something I want to achieve. Um, yeah, that's that's interesting. I need to stop saying that, but because I, I'm I'm kind of on a mission. Um, because I've always had this thing where it's like I've done lots of things, but I've never done them really, really well. And I, I did the London Marathon a few years back, um, and I did it in a very, very slow time. And I, I and I kind of thought to myself, there I am again. It's like, and I, I've got this kind of feeling like if I'm not trying, then I, I'm not really failing when I put in a bad performance. So, yeah, so now I'm on a mission to actually try, and I'm going to try and do a really good time. Or bacon, really. Sorry, say that again? Saving your bacon. You're protecting yourself by not, what you're saying, not trying. Yeah, yeah. Still ran a marathon. So why not run it in a, I don't know what your time was, but, you know, why not if you feel like you didn't run it at your best potential, then why not? Well, exactly. So um, now that's what my my goal is now. I'm trying to run it in. So, and this is really, this is the the fascinating part about human psychology. I think it's like I've always kind of had this this kind of benchmark of four hours being the the time. You know, if you're slower than four hours, it's okay. But if you're if you're faster than four hours, then that's a really good time. So I'm aiming for like faster than four hours. But the more I get into this kind of world of running, the more the the kind of bar gets set higher because there are people doing it in three hours and there are people doing it in you know there's there's someone just did it in under two hours that's unofficial i think yeah but they are people aren't they that um are really either natural runners or they've done it often or they're young you know they're going to be younger than us aren't they well i don't know i mean there, there are people my age doing um you know three sub three hour marathons um but i think the point i'm i'm sort of getting at is that we have to choose what our benchmark is for what is good enough do you know what i mean it's like how do you decide what's what's good and what's you know not good i mean what i'd say which isn't responding exactly to what you're saying is if you set that benchmark at four hours then you also need to put in place something that says it's okay if you don't achieve that because the worst thing you could do is run a marathon, uh, say you did it in four hours and two minutes, and then be really annoyed with yourself because that would be so counterproductive to what you've just achieved, which is, you know, would have been a great run. And I, I, I think I'm quite kind to myself in that way. Not, I'm not kind to myself in that I'm like, okay, you can do it in whatever time you like. But if I did it, in a longer time than I'd hoped, I would have trained myself to go, that's okay, because that's all you could do on that day. Because um, no way would I want to detract from all the effort I've put into the training. And, you know, you've got to be careful. Yeah, I mean, I've I've taken off a time limit on it. So I've, I've not said I'm going to run a marathon in under four hours by next year. I mean, if it's next year, that's great. If it's the year after... It doesn't matter, but I'm just going to keep training. I'm going to keep going until I until I hit that goal, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to go go and run seven marathons in seven days across the Sahara. <laughs> you know. Okay, I look but forward. It, but I think it's like it's like proving a point almost. And I mean, do you feel like you're proving a point with this? Every two years, you're coming up with another challenge. You know? That's that's uh, just a circumstantial thing. But now that it's become a thing, which I didn't plan. I think I probably would be looking at doing something. Um, But I don't have anything in mind that I, I mean, I think I said to you that my son wants to do a triathlon 
and he asked me if I'd do it with him, but I know he hasn't done anything more about the um, investigate and how we do this. Um, and I got my front wheel nicked off my bike today. Yeah, so you posted on Instagram, they stole your wheel, but they left another wheel. I have no idea. And because I had to come home to, to, like, to eat and uh, do this podcast, I've left the wheel in a slightly precarious place outside my work and I'm hoping it'll be there in the morning and I'll just see if if it does fit which would be really bizarre because I don't yeah. I don't understand there looked like there was nothing wrong with that wheel and yet my wheel had gone and that one was there um I've, I've heard about people breaking into people's houses making toast and then tidying up but not <laughs> not stealing anything but what's wrong with this tire is what I want to know is with this wheel it's um I don't know. Very odd. Very odd. Very, yeah. So, I mean, so that rules out the triathlon then. You won't be riding your bike. Yeah, for now. I mean, that bike's over 20 years. I've had it for like 20 odd years. So I kind of am in line for a new bike, but I'll start with that wheel, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. one one wheel at a time. I, I knew someone who always wanted a motorbike and they started by buying the helmet. No way. And then, yeah, and then saved up for the next five years to get their motorbike. But. Uh, um, Oh, that was the incentive. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. But um, back onto your personal goals here, because uh, <laughs> you know we've got to keep this on, on got to keep this ship on course. Yeah. What uh, do you think? You know, is there an itch that comes up every two years? Do you think that there is something you're some gap you're trying to fill by Ooh. doing these challenges that pops up? You know, like a two year itch that needs scratching. They don't pop up they come about i'd say because uh, that yeah the first marathon like i said was i don't know i wanted to do a half it became a whole and that was a thing boxing i got into by accident which sounds ridiculous but it's true and then i ended up having a fight which i won so i'm undefeated Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and i probably won't ever have another fight i don't know um and then the the run thing yeah i suppose because the boxing had calmed down and i already knew that i had this thought that maybe i'd do that long run one day and i started training yeah last um january thinking i'd be doing it in may last year and then because i because i'd um signed up when it got postponed and postponed and then cancelled i kept getting emails we're, you know, we'll put you forward. If you want to opt out, you can. And I just thought, well, I better do it now. I'm already, you know, I'm already signed up. So I wasn't probably feeling it when I started the training this year. Um, I was like, oh God, that's a long way. Um, but yeah, you, you do it, you do it. I don't know where I found the time to do the training. That's the other thing. Um, so your guy who runs regularly, uh, yeah. I think professionally, you'd have to get paid for it because I don't know how people can find the time to train otherwise. It's, yeah, it's a big undertaking. Well, it means hours and hours of training pretty much, you know, every day almost. Yep. Yeah, well, um, rest is very important too, but... At the weekends, once you're building up your miles, you know, I think, when was I running? I was running on Saturdays this time for long runs. And it is your whole day because you get up knowing that you're going to go running, whether I did it first thing or not, which I generally didn't. Um, and then you come back, you need to eat and like have a wash, and then you're a bit knackered. So that's, yeah, that's kind of your day revolving around the run um so yeah it is a big commitment but it's a yeah it's good you know it's a nice thing to know you've done or that you can yeah. do like going back to the analogy thing you think if you can achieve that you know that you're capable of doing things that are that take a lot of grit um yeah and it just makes you stronger in the mind i think i think that's why what i'm trying to prove with this um this four hour uh thing it's it's this kind of sense of i've always been a kind of i've always tried things but i've never done them well so if i can do this then it means that i am capable of doing something 
really well you know what I mean and, and making it happen yeah and I, I wonder if like I've, I've often thought about these kind of ultra marathon runners who go out like like yourself even you know they go out and they do these incredible feats of endurance and I always kind of think are you running towards something or are you running away from something you know what's mm. it all about good point because uh, a friend of mine um who's very antagonistic <laughs> he said to me years ago when i was running regularly what are you running away from and i said to him i'm not running away from something i'm i'm yeah i'm running towards something so maybe it's the same as the glass glass half full thing um i certainly don't feel running for me as a running away from it's a enhancement to my the bigger picture of my life i think do you think it brings there are, there are things that you kind of like parallels that you can take from those those long hours on you know in your running shoes that you can apply to other areas of your life you know you've you said you know i'm i'm doing these things it makes me understand i'm capable of doing things that require grit and yeah. do, do you find you can kind of bring that grit to other situations in your life yeah I do. Um, personally, I do. I can't speak for anyone else. But um, yeah, I, I um, take on challenges pretty well. And I think running helps with that because it's, it, you know, you have to, you have to push yourself, you have to for running, I mean, you have to, um, Oh, like you're saying about yourself that you you do things but you don't do them well, which is probably being a bit unfair on yourself. But you you know when you run regularly, you know whether you're running to your full potential or not, or if you're being a bit lazy or a bit kind to yourself. And in fact, that's another reason for joining a running club. I don't know if you've thought of that because that pub group they set off at three different. Uh, with three different times for doing a 5k it's always 5k um and i've run i run faster than i would run a 5k on my own when i'm in that group because you feel like you you're part of something and you have to keep up i suppose um and i am you know i think i am always i'm in the middle i do the middle run but i'm kind of always come first which is weird <laughs> kind of it's a bit annoying because i've gone there to run with people but i can't help but run at a pace i want to run at i'm not very good at holding back just to have a sociable run um but i've i have done that a couple of times lately there was a lady who was struggling so i just said look i'll run with you and that was really nice as well and it i did enjoy that but I haven't done that before because I've always been running on my own. So I need to learn to run with other people. I did go to a, a running club once. And I've, the one thing I like about running, like you say, is something you can do on your own. And in, in school, I was never very good at sports. Always got picked last in PE, you know, when they're picking out teams and stuff. And it was bad for my confidence. And, uh, and my dad tried to get me into judo. Oh, and I went to a judo club once and there was this this kid a bit older than me and he uh, was clearly very good and just started doing kind of showing off how how good how high he could kick and stuff like that and I was just very intimidated and never went back and there, there was a, a similar sense in the running running club and uh, it was you basically run laps and then but you get faster every lap and uh, and eventually you know you, you kind of drop out until there's one person left and he's just sprinting around like a kind of machine and um yeah it just made me feel very inadequate and so i didn't go back okay you definitely went to the wrong running club um because when i said that's what i meant uh, said, meant when i said about this running club it isn't a traditional running club in that it's not about competition or time it's about yeah. socializing they started this club during the um it couldn't have been during the first lockdown but uh, just after that when when people are allowed back out to be sociable and you know you're outside but you can meet people and yeah. Uh, yeah that's how it began so it really is friendly and yeah you you know there's there are these three different times which is precisely why um so that nobody feels that they're on their own and they always make sure that you're not on your own you know there's yes. someone 
keeping an eye on you with each group and it's all voluntary people just turn up and run together so That's make nice. friendlier group or start your own group because i'm about to move home to somewhere that i don't know at all and i've thought if i can't find you know if there's no real running activity with other people then i might start one and that'll be a way to meet people yeah just absolutely. um yeah because when when I started running again, it was kind of, it was about May um, last year. It was it's a couple of months after the first lockdown, mm -hmm. and I would go get up at half past five in the morning, go up to the local park because it was the only time I could get when my little girl wasn't awake. It was just kind of she would wake up at seven, so I'd make the most of those those yeah. early hours, and I would run around the park. And it's only a little park, but occasionally I would see these two kind of older ladies. Mm -hmm. who would also be running around the park they'd sort of come and, and start running around the park and we'd give each other a kind of you know a, a familiar wave and sort of say yeah. hello but you know it did it did sort of cross my mind to kind of maybe start a little local group of um you know for for people who want to get a little bit fitter or lose a little bit of weight or something like that just um a bit of friendly activity once in a while yeah i think it's really nice um and it's yeah certainly a way of just yeah being a bit sociable now that we you know realize the importance of social interaction um it's a nice thing to do um, in terms of um because you, you've say you've been a runner for a very very long time in terms of setting goals how important has that been for you in terms of kind of identity self-esteem that sort of thing do you mean setting goals as in these massive runs or do you mean just in general running? Just in general running. Cause I mean, I, I've always had this goal of the marathon, but to get there, I set myself a goal of running 5k and then oh. it was 10k and that kind of thing. I don't set goals very often in terms of running for myself, but I do do little patterns. I uh, saw it in a diary actually. I think I was looking back for something, a date and, um, I did this thing um, where I'd run, I think it was throughout a week. Oh, I, I did a lot of running during the first lockdown on my own um, and I think it was from then. And so say I went from Monday to Friday and I did 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. So each day I did a bit more and it's just, it's just to make it more interesting and more challenging. It's not a goal as such, but it's, I like messing around with times and, um, just seeing what I can do. Um, and then I did, I don't know if you saw it. Um, Is it your doorstep challenges? It was called run buys where I just, because you know, this is during the first lockdown and you weren't allowed to see anyone. And I was at home on my own a lot of the time. And uh, so what I did was I made little videos when I ran past friends' houses and just like shouted hello to them and took a picture and then i'd post it on instagram later and you know i never saw anybody that i knew even at one friend i ran five miles to see so obviously i had to run <laughs> back as well and she had a window open i even shouted her name and it's like no i don't I think she might have been in the back garden because she's got a dog. And it was like, I never, you know, I thought I might have seen one person, but I didn't. It was, um, yeah. Didn't you, didn't you tell them you were going to be running past at some point? It, that was all part of the fun for me. It was like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'll find out <laughs> later. Um, and all, all but one friend is on Instagram. So they did all see it. And I just yeah. told separately that, you know. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Plus, we weren't supposed to be seeing anyone then. So it was just like, you know, say hello, look like a mad woman running down the road, shouting to a window. And, well, it's, uh, it's funny. I saw um, where I live, you see a lot of runners and they're always kind of like the fit looking people and they've got the gear and all this kind of stuff. But then when lockdown happened, I started seeing runners who they didn't look like they'd been running before, but okay. it was like, it's like suddenly the structure of their lives had been taken away from them yeah. and they were kind of set with this kind of, what am I going to do with my time now? And so there were people all shapes and sizes out jogging. And yeah, I thought, this is brilliant. A lot of running, a lot of walking going on, wasn't there? Yeah. And I don't know if you, 
I'm sure you did pick up on it. Runners were getting quite a hard time when people were at their most paranoid stage of this pandemic, and you know, because of the breathing yeah. and crossing them on the pavement. And yeah, it got a bit heated in the talk about runners. I heard a lot of comments, oh, I hate runners. And I was like, oh gosh, you know, the same as cyclists or, or uh, motorists. Some of them do things well and some of them don't do things so well but yeah yeah i find as a as a kind of male runner i'm in a very privileged position that i can go out sort of after dark or before the sun comes up but also i'm very mindful of other people sort of you know you don't necessarily hear a runner coming up behind you no. especially if you're of a nervous disposition um, so I always try and give people a wide berth, you know, like keep, especially when I'm going past old people, I, I kind of hold my breath a little bit. So I'm not. Yeah. Sort of... See, I did a lot of holding my breath during that first period for sure. Yeah. Just out of respect really more than anything else. But you know, it's, it is annoying when you have to stop as a runner, but you just have to do it sometimes because it's not fair on the other people that aren't running and yeah, trying to get somewhere. I mean, I'm very lucky. I, living in the countryside, I just run down the the lanes and everything like that. So there's, I, I never have to stop, other than to catch my breath, really, and and to <laughs> that kind of thing. But I mean, how for you, how important is running as a part of your life? You say it's pretty vital, but why do you think that is? It become, I think, it becomes more vital the more you do it because when I trained for that marathon the first one um i didn't run for quite a long time afterwards and it wasn't a plan i didn't think i'd stop running and i don't know i can't tell you now because it was quite a while back but i just didn't really run much for quite some time and then you know then i kind of probably realized at some point oh i haven't been running um and then got back into a bit so Yes, it's important, um, but as long as I'm doing some exercise during a week, um, I'm okay if I haven't run. But I do, you know, in an ideal world, I'd run three times a week, which is what I thought I'd do after this ultra marathon. And I think I've managed twice a week, nearly every week. Um, but I haven't managed the magic three because I thought I'd do two small runs in the week and a longer run at the weekend but time you know things come up and you just don't prioritize it which is maybe why i like these bigger challenges because then i know i need to prioritize it if i want to get the most out of it yeah, yeah. i mean i um i can only do two runs at the week just because the way my schedule is with yeah. um, the commute into the office and stuff like that but i try and go to the gym every day and do just do something it's, it's almost like i'm taking a little bit of my own life back taking a little bit of ownership of my time in a way yeah i mean that's amazing because I, i'm doing less exercise than i've done in years at the moment just because i've got a full-time work schedule plus the other freelance work that i try to do on top and um yeah and life so it is hard to fit it in and before the pandemic i was doing a lot i was teaching yoga four times a week then and probably attending classes three times a week and running once or twice a week. So it was, it was consistent. And, um, but yeah, I think fortunately because I've done a certain amount of exercise for a long time, I stay quite fit for quite a while, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's good. I can, yeah, top it up quite quickly, but I, yeah. I'd like to do more again. I, and once I've moved, I think I'll really make that a priority to get it back into some more regular fashion. So in terms of, so say, say someone who's listening to this wanted to do something, something ultra, whether that's an ultra marathon or just take their career to the next level or something, some, some massive thing that they don't think they're quite capable of how would you go about what kind of advice would you give them to get started uh, i would say start small um because 
I mean, I know there are people out there that will will have a huge ambition and will go for it and put everything in. But I do find I observe a lot of, you know, that's my favourite pastime since childhood observation. And I do think that people that go for those high, high, high goals come down more than if they just chip away and improve slowly and achieve something probably equally as big maybe the same goal but over a longer period of time they see the slow build up and then it's easier to maintain a good level of whatever it is whether it's work or sports rather than going to the highs and then the and then the lows it's you know i i have thought in the past that maybe i'm too kind to myself when it comes to um yeah, running, for instance, long distance running. But then I look at my time and my age and I think, do you know what? You're not that bad anyway. So I I don't think I don't try because, yeah. well, I, know I do try. But I do often think I could try a bit harder. So if I did another marathon, which I think I might, I think I'd bring someone else on board to push me because I know I it's so much harder to gauge yourself and when someone's telling you what to do you do it like in that sports scenario it's like if you go to a class and you're told to do 20 reps i'll always do the 20 reps i won't give up at 15 because someone's there and i'll do it but if i'm on my own i'll go i might just slow down a bit yeah. and like take it a bit easier so yeah get people involved and on your side and believe in yourself um and chip away don't get disheartened you know because unfortunately with running you can pick up injuries quite easily and i haven't been afflicted with anything major but i've had i actually had my first uh physio last year during lockdown because a blimmin' fell over whilst running and that was because I was trying to avoid people and I went off of the path and then did some crazy jump back onto the path. I was being a bit of an idiot on my own and uh, just did a roll and injured my Achilles and uh, yeah, to a physio. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was rather stupid. Um, but yeah, so you've got to be careful because there are things that can happen to your body. Yeah. Um, yeah and be willing to be you know running long distance is not a pretty thing so you've got to be someone who doesn't mind you know what can i say monkey feet beating up feet monkey feet you know uh, this isn't uh, from my own experience but i've heard chafing horror horror stories (laughs) you've got to you know you've got to be willing to take a bit of the rough with with a long running yeah Um, Kieran, who I spoke to, who's who's on the previous podcast, he was saying he was there was a point where he was running through the uh, Sahara Desert, and um, I can't remember how far he'd gone, but he was crying and puking at the same time whilst, uh, whilst running. Please, <laughs> yeah. See, that's another level. That really is another level. Yeah, it's it's um, not it's not pretty. It's not pretty. No, it's not. It's not. But that's you know that's where he's probably learned a lot. And in fact, the guy. Dwayne, his name is, who recommended I try this ultramarathon, he told me back when he suggested it that you'll learn a lot about yourself, like doing this kind of distance. Because, um, yeah, you do get annoyed with yourself and you get fed up um, on, you know, it, it can vary. I think that's the other thing to remember when you're training is you might have a good day um, or you might have lots of good days and be really in the swing of it and then you'll have a bad day and you you know you've got to just go with that and accept it that some runs are better than other runs um, which could be down to a lot of things you know sleep and what you've been doing what's going on in your life so yeah just I, I think you need those though I, I remember when I was a photographer as well I would have um, I would do a series of photo shoots one after another, and they'd just be amazing. The, the images that came out were just fantastic. And I'd be yeah. really pleased with myself, and I'd be there thinking, I am the world's best photographer. 
and then but then i would crash and burn the next one i would just completely cock it up yeah, and just the images and i you know i'd be saying to the client i'm really sorry i've messed up here <laughs> this kind of thing but i think yeah i think it's just important to kind of like you say be kind to yourself because it's it's that consistency isn't it you might run two bad, good runs and one bad one but if you if you run 10 runs that's you know only two bad ones and then you know eight good ones or whatever in it you know definitely and you i mean i'd hope that once you've run enough you know a fair amount you get to understand those things and you don't you know not as hard on yourself because um i think you need to enjoy it it's you know you that's what you know when i was saying about my neighbor earlier i'm like i can't i couldn't imagine running if i hated it i wouldn't see the point i've never seen the point in doing things you hate really unless you absolutely have no choice but you've got a choice to go running or not um so yeah you can learn i think you can learn to like it even if it's by the results that you see um from what i've uh, heard about kind of some of these really hardcore runners they really get to know themselves very well they get to know they get to know themselves emotionally they get to know themselves physically they know that you know they might start you know, their legs might start hurting but they've still got another 20 miles left in them they might know that they're getting grumpy and that means that they're probably hungry to eat yeah you know and stuff like that and it's just the i think the more you kind of do push yourself into these new experiences whether it's running whether it's a career change and learning you know take up a new hobby whatever it is to be aware that you're learning about yourself at the same time and yeah. that, that that can become a tool to getting better mm-hmm. i agree no you do learn a lot about yourself and your your ability you know i can kind of judge when i've run three miles or you know how long i've been running because i've done it a lot of times so you're like okay that's probably 20 minutes so i'll do a bit more and then you know nail whatever it was you're trying to do three miles or something um yeah it's it's a good discipline for discovery i think yeah mm. fantastic Cool. Well, I will wrap it up there because we've gone on for about an hour or so, but um, thank you for that. And you are um, obviously an excellent photographer as well. So if people want to check out your photography, where can they, where can they find you? Oh, you can look up my name, which is Amanda Eat 12, because I don't think there are many of us around. Um, so either that.com or the same on Instagram, Amanda Eat Will. Fantastic. Cool. Well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm doing, well, I'm doing the Reading Half Marathon this coming weekend. Wow. But when this when this is broadcast, it will have been two weeks ago. So hopefully I've done a really good time and I'm very happy with myself. Uh, but we'll see. I'll uh, We'll find out soon. But um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's really inspiring just to know that, you know, you can go a bit further. You can, you can go a bit further. You just need to have faith that you can. You know, and I think that's yeah chipping away chip away one step at a time yeah brilliant all right I shall leave it there thank you for that thanks Chris so there we are that idea of pushing beyond what's comfortable and doing gritty things so that we can gain the grit to face challenges in other parts of our life is really quite motivating and inspiring and perhaps this might encourage us all to go a bit ultra in our lives it doesn't need to be running it could be anything just think what you're capable of. Thanks to Amanda for her time, and if you want to find out more about her and her photography, head over to www.amandaeatwell.com, spelt as it sounds. And if you enjoyed this and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts or at conversationsonliving.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Next week, we'll be talking to international publicist Karen Black about what it takes to step into the light and raise our public profile and how we can find the courage to tell our stories. And in the meantime, have a lovely day.